check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. It has been an eventful week in sports and news and across the world. Uh, and you know it's always been a big news week when we start getting yelled at by Facebook. That happened today and a couple days ago. Uh, Facebook came at us today and they said that if we have any more infractions to their community standards, that they're going to deactivate our Facebook page forever. Facebook page that we pretty much worked almost two years to build. And honestly, our content, even though we make fun of people a lot, I'd say it's pretty much pretty tame. And we try to at least walk a, a decent line. And normally when we do fuck up, we can point to it and be like, yeah, we went a little too far there. But this week... We got ripped on two posts. All right, so the first post was, you know, the Britney Spears post where she's holding her boobs out out in the garden. So I put in uh, Trevor Lawrence's face onto that, and I said, this is how Jaguars fans think of Trevor Lawrence. And it's funny because I put it on two platforms, Facebook and Instagram, and both platforms hit us for two different things, which is hilarious because they're owned by the same company. Facebook said that we were spamming, which makes absolutely no sense literally it it makes no sense you can't appeal that process at all and then instagram says that we're soliciting sex so two very different things i mean this is a viral photo that is still up on instagram on britney spears's page and so we got hit for that we are skating on thin ice and we plan on continuing to skate on thin ice but on different platforms going forward um so Let's start out. Check with- us out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Reddit, everywhere other than Facebook. Yep, we will not really be posting memes for a long time because we do have uh, very close to eighty thousand followers on Facebook. We've worked hard to get there, and so you know what? If Facebook doesn't like our content, then we're just going to stop posting shit on there. But we will continue to post our podcasts on there. But let's talk about this Simone Biles thing because this is absolutely huge. I mean, we're talking about one of the most prolific, you know, Olympic athletes of all time. Um, looked looked off in the qualifying rounds, but it was it was pretty funny because she still absolutely dominated all all of her U.S. competition in these qualifying rounds. Even though she was slipping up on the floor routine, uh, she didn't look like herself on the landings. Uh, what what are you guys' take on this whole Simone Biles? You know the the mental health you know kind of dropout right right at the last minute there. Well, so the first thing is she tries uh, the hardest like. Uh, I don't know tricks. That's not quite the uh, attempts at whatever whatever uh, they're actually called there. Um, but she does a higher difficulty than any other gymnast there is. They actually told her you're not allowed to do that anymore because it's too high a difficulty that other gymnasts will start trying to do it and they'll get hurt. So they're like intentionally holding her down. Um, the Olympic Committee is for one thing. So she's already getting screwed in some way because. If she can do something way better than everyone else, then just let her do it. Uh, I, that has to contribute to it. So I, I heard a, I heard a really good take, and this is what resume, resonated with me the most. You know, what I've heard the most detractors are saying is nobody's ever ma- you know made this excuse before. Nobody's ever said this before. And the what I read that resonated the most with me is mental 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 health is just now getting put to the forefront. Um, just because it hasn't been said before or hasn't been done before d- doesn't mean it wasn't there. Um, we're progressing as a society. We're progressing medically. And just because this is the first time it's being brought up doesn't mean it hasn't happened hundreds and thousands of times before. Uh, a horrible excuse is, hey, this is the way it's always been. It should keep being that way. This is a step in progress. 
is is what really uh, is that. And I don't, I don't think this is like when, when people are saying, you know, this is a mental thing and I think they're equating it to like mental health. And, you know, there's a lot of people have their varying opinions about that and think people are soft, all that bullshit. Uh, but to me, uh, seeing a lot of other gymnasts and divers, it kind of explain what happened to her. Um, it's, it's something that they, they call twisties. And it's where basically our brains aren't meant to do what these Olympic athletes are doing. Um, we have a hard time translating the flipping being upside down the you know the rapid spinning and movement and relaying that message to our body to help find the ground and land um and to be able to pull these tricks off and, and have your body not just instinctively bail out and try to like go into protection mode at the worst possible time um we haven't heard that before because it just seems like it hasn't happened on this kind of stage before but this, apparently this is a well-known thing and like reading the description of it i'm like oh it's it's the yips like I've known the yips, you know, playing baseball, like all of a sudden a guy can't throw from second base to first base because for whatever reason, the brain and the body aren't working together. Um, so when you take that in and, you know, it's, if it's a guy playing second base, what's the risk? Like he's gonna make a bad throw. When you're talking about Simone Biles throwing herself 12 feet into the air upside down and, you know, she lands on her neck, like she could be paralyzed. She could, I mean, quite literally die. Um, I'm okay with her stepping out and saying, hey, I'm going to do more harm than good to my team. Somebody else take over. And they still won silver. I was just thinking about all the terrible second baseman we played with growing up. I, I don't know if that was a case of the yips. Uh, they're just terrible at their position. Uh, truthfully, I can't even do the teacups at the fair, so I couldn't possibly fathom doing what they do. Uh, I think it's just a tough tough situation all around. Okay, like, Could you imagine training for – four years, five years in this case, and then all of a sudden your your body just gives out on you. Like that that's gotta be the most defeating thing of well, everything. Also for so for Bile in Biles's case, she trained all this time, right? And then the 2020 Olympics never happened. Can you imagine how mentally like just defeating that is? And especially for an athlete like a gymnast who, let's face it, at 24 years old, she, all right, so it is funny. I've seen a lot of really ignorant analogies get thrown around, and they're all hilarious. And one of them was, imagine if Tom Brady dropped out the day before the Super Bowl. And it's such it's such a bad analogy for so many reasons. First of all, worst case scenario, if Tom, if, if Tom Brady's mentally not sharp, he loses the game. He's not doing it, it. All right, now if Tom Brady's on a motorcycle and he's jumping like 16 buses, okay. Like, yeah, that, that's different. He's going to die if he's not mentally sharp enough to do that. But no, Tom Brady, worst case scenario, he he goes out and um, he has a bad game. Simone Biles, if you look at the what she does, especially that vault, that looks so scary. You're running full speed. You hit this little spring, and then you go on your hands backwards. So imagine that jumping up in the air and then landing backwards on your on your hands. Just imagine jumping up in the air and then landing on your hands. Period. But she has to do it backwards and then she goes into like a air aerial. It's insane. So I love these, you know. And that was what the meme that we got dinged for. It's like a fat guy on his couch, like, "Oh, what a coward! <laughs> you let the Russians win." And it's just, it's just such an ignorant take and. Um, and then, and then people are like, "Oh, well, Carrie Strug, she went and did her last run on a broken leg." It's like awesome. Carrie Strug also never competed again, and she still has issues with that leg, like today. Yep. And I think what we got dinged for in this, defending in this meme she is also I came said out it, on Twitter and defended Simone Biles. It, it's, right. it's always your fat <laughs> uncle Randy who has the strongest opinions on transcended athletes, and so we got hit for bullying. Like technically, all right, but I'm not. There's no Randy. Randy's a fake. <laughs> 
Randy is a is a yeah. fake person. Like if the, if the guy in the picture, the fat guy drinking the beer, if that wasn't my actual Uncle Randy, first of all, that'd be randomly pretty harsh for me to just throw Randy the wolves like Randy the wolves like that. But so it is. It's truly just Facebook's algorithm just clicking out of sync. But this 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 Simone Biles thing, and she's still competing in the individual events. Um, no, she pulled out of that too. Oh, she, so so she, she's done. So she, she pulled out the individual all around. I think she's doing a couple yeah, of the individual events. But the, basically, it seems like she just doesn't feel comfortable vaulting right now. Yeah, and, but so. she, she's still doing events. Like she's still doing the four yeah, routine yeah. individual. Yeah, she's still doing. She's still going to win gold medals, and she's still going to be really good. Well, maybe now. I mean, the, the whole world is you know judging her, and it's it's just so insane that she's already so decorated, but she's so old at twenty four. Seven time world champion. Yes, seven time. And just not even like what was it like ten months ago. Or no, it was only like four months ago. She did a move that nobody in, in gymnastics has ever done. She she she's in a class all on her own, and I do think it's just hilarious for anybody to criticize this world class yeah. transcendent athlete. And here's here's a kicker that I don't think is getting talked about because Drew, I've seen all the comparisons to NFL players, the NBA players. She did an interview about it hours later. How many times does Juju not want to talk about TikTok? How many times does LeBron James not do a presser after a, missing a big shot? Like, she still got up on that interview stage, and it was short. Like, it was only, like, a three-minute interview, but she still did it, right? Like, that was the thing that, like, she's 24, acting extremely mature, and we've seen people way older than her in football, basketball, baseball, take this way worse. And, so, and everybody's like, oh, she bailed on her teammates. Her teammates don't care. Her teammates are all supporting her. Like, they understand. They know what she's going through. Yeah. They've been there. And, I, and everybody's like, oh, you know, she, they, 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 Simone Biles owes them something. I just, I mean, she was a victim of Larry Nassar. What the fuck does she owe U.S. gymnastics? So I, a I, goddamn right. thing. I do want to say something about teammates because it is my favorite. So, you know, we've all been watching a lot of Olympics. I've just been crushing it. In the mornings is when I seem to watch it the most. I grab some coffee and I sit on the couch and I, I fucking just love it, man. I Whatever random event, the, the things I can't really stomach are like the long races or whatever, but I love just the random shit. But the thing that really cracks me up about the gymnast events, and it's always cracked me up with every Summer Olympics, is, you know, when they get done with it and they're like going to see their teammates in the qualifying rounds and the teammates are all like, yeah, Simone, like, ah, and they're all like really positive. <laughs> These are ultra competitive athletes. And although they're teammates, they're all competing for the same spots. And it's one of the funniest moments in um the Olympics is when they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, in their head, they're like, God, I wish you would have fucking fucked that up. You see that a lot with track and field, right? Like a lot of people after they run, they're like, you know, being nice. But inside they're like, fuck that person. Like only in relays will you actually see two Olympians in the same country actually like rooting for each other when they're truly competing for the same medal. Yep. So um, any that what has been your favorite part of the Olympics so far? Man, beach volleyball is just fucking awesome. Yes. Um, you guys are lucky to like be able to play beach volleyball. I live in the Midwest here in Indiana. I get about two months of the year of any kind of volleyball. Um, so I just freaking beach volleyball is so awesome. And it takes so much to do what they do. And it's awesome. It's been, been what I like. I always enjoy the swimming. <clears throat> uh, I think, you know, it's, it's definitely been entertaining, uh, even though the U.S. isn't necessarily crushing it and everything. Uh, it's, it's, it's always, it's always a good show. Pretty a big off year for a men's team, huh? You'll yep. have that. Yep. This is, yeah, uh, yeah. 
It's just overall, it's a weird year. I mean, I, I feel like so much of the Olympics is like that global community and you get those like, you know, puff pieces on people's backgrounds and you get, you know, the different uh, countries kind of commingling without that, you know, kind of in a bubble. It's like, it's really lost a lot of its fun for me. Well, yeah. USA is weird. Like it's got a bunch of young talent and experience and it has a bunch of people in their twilight. Like they, there's no one in their prime, really. It's, I mean, you, you look at that even with like women's soccer, um, women's swimming, women's, Gymnastics. I mean, look at them. Look at yeah. So I mean, again, you just kind of have super young, inexperienced, or past their prime. Um, Yeah, it has been a disappointing Olympics for both sides of the Olympics. I said that uh, the the three on three basketball is pretty fun to watch. Um, It's a good way. It's a good way to include white people in the sport. Um, (laughs) It really is because every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, I've never seen so many white guys on a court at the same time. Um, But it really does. It looks like your YMCA, like playing playing like a pickup game, and they're. Pretty, I literally do that every Tuesday. <laughs> they're pretty similar <laughs> roles to it. it. It it it's fun, and they even have four on four, yeah. which which Luca is absolutely just crushing. But all right, let's launch in the NFL. Uh, the biggest biggest thing this week was obviously Rogers. It looked like he returned from like an island. It looked like he landed on like one of those little propeller planes right on like the right on Lambeau Fields like parking lot and like came out. He's been in Colombia for six months, just like crushing drugs, sauntering through the the uh, fucking parking lot. Was that Devonte Adams that he said hi to on his way in? Who was that that he passed by? I'm not sure if you, if you guys saw the pictures when he was first coming in, but he came in like a pimp. He's wearing like an office shirt, like these super like orange sunglasses. Uh, I know you guys don't like Aaron Rodgers, but uh, what do you think about this whole Rodgers situation? Because just four or five days ago, he was 100% dead set on not coming back, and now he's back. I'm excited to see uh, an athlete. I mean, he obviously he has a position where he gets into his first po- press conference and just takes like 20 minutes to just dump on the organization. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why I'm mad at everything. Did it you was, like that? Because I didn't like that, Derek. I thought I, that was, I, it was shitty. Why? Why? Why let the team control the narrative, leak shit to the press, and and say this is what you know their version of events? It's going to get to the press from the team anyways, because that's what teams do. They do damage control. Anytime you see a guy fall down the draft board, it's, I mean that comes from the teams. I guarantee you, team leak Tunzel's weed mask photo. Like teams are shady as shit. They use the media when they want to, uh, and expect their players not to. And, and Aaron Rodgers is in a position where he can literally just be like, "Hey, here's the truth. Here's how I feel. What the fuck are you going to do about it?" He's going to have an awesome season, right? If we thought we saw the revenge tour last year, the revenge tour this year, the last dance, if you will, I mean, he he may throw for a bazillion yards and a bazillion touchdowns. Like Aaron Rodgers is going to break some records this year. I'm pretty confident. Um, But I haven't liked how he handled today. I thought he would have taken a little bit more of a professional approach. Um, but you know, ultimately, it is what it is. Um, See, I thought, you know, I thought he lied, a- he's been lied to for years and, and misled for years, mistreated for years. I mean, you take it on the chin again. Yeah, that was actually kind of the most professional way to trash them. You know, he was pretty much straight to the point. You know, you're you're allowed to talk to your feelings. We about your feelings uh, and your mental state, as we just talked about, with, like Simone. So it's just kind of getting out there. And and that awesome outfit is another big, like big fuck you to the Packers. I'm coming in. They're bowing down to what I want, so you got to dig that. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, he's getting Randall Cobb back. You know, a guy who's definitely lost a step, but he's gonna have so much chemistry. But uh, Brandon, I'm definitely with you. I I was looking at some of those photos and like reading part of his uh, his interview. 
And I, I just had this weird feeling that he's going to come out and throw for like 60, 70 touchdowns, just be Dude. so disgusting. And he's like, I'm out after this season. Bye. Well, I mean, he Enjoy Jordan co- Love. He threw his coaching, like previous coaching staff, current coaching staff. The, the, the statement that I had the biggest issue with was him calling out the city of Green Bay. He was just like, Green Bay isn't a destination city. People are only coming to Green Bay for me. Like I had a huge issue Why? with that. It's true. If, if you if you live in Green if you live in Green Bay and you needed Aaron Rodgers to tell you that and now you get it, then you're a fucking moron, dude. There's Green Bay Packers fans all over the country. You know why? Because nobody wants to be in fucking Green Bay. <laughs> I don't know, you don't shit where you eat. I had I had an issue with it. He's not eating there much longer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so he gets a he gets a contract like renegotiation where they essentially are like they're not going to tag him, they're not gonna like hold him back or whatever and all this stuff. He's gonna become a free agent soon. Uh the, and then he holds over maybe somebody I somebody saw said on Twitter, Randall Cobb has got to be the cheapest ransom ever. Like <laughs> Oh, you have to trade for Randall Cobb. Like, if you're Nick Casario and you're in negotiations with this, and they're like, "We have to get Randall Cobb." Like, what are you charging him for it? Yeah, so I, I'm a little bit surprised, Brandon, by your reaction because he, yeah, he's thrown the organization under the bus as they should. It's a trash organization. We all know this. He's not saying anything, but that anybody doesn't know. And and here's the thing. Here here's what has always marveled me about Aaron Rodgers, and this is why when everyone talks shit about Aaron Rodgers, I'm always like, I don't know what you guys aren't seeing. You know who he never throws under the bus? His players. You know who never talks shit about Aaron Rodgers? His players. Former teammates, anybody. You will never hear a player that plays with Aaron Rodgers throw Aaron Rodgers under the bus. It doesn't happen. He's you're So you got to think about it. Like you're, you're taking the organization side here, and I get it, but this is a trash organization that has done Aaron Rodgers wrong for so many years. And you were talking about Green Bay. I'd like to quote the great John McKay. When I say, if a contest had 97 prizes, the 98th would be a trip to Green Bay. It is a trash city (laughs) filled with alcoholics and just people that have nothing better to do in their lives but root for the Green Bay Packers. It's not Milwaukee or Madison either, which are at least like fun places to be sometimes. Milwaukee, I heard, is awesome. So I'm not standing up for the organization. It's more my disdain for Aaron Rodgers. I don't like him as a human. I get that. And that's, and that's what it is. Year, you, know, like, mean, you look at the what was that stat on on the last time they took a skill position player in the first round? Like the only other other one they've taken the time since he's been there is another quarterback. Yeah, I mean they yeah, haven't helped literally. that guy. They haven't helped him out at all. No, they they've done him wrong, and um, you know it's all right. So the two different guys, right? You got Brett Favre and you got Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers' narrative has been completely consistent. And I like what you said, Derek, about he's not letting them control the narrative. His narrative has never changed. It's he's earned the right. He's played there for sixteen years. He's earned the right to make decisions in this organization. Do you think the Bucks are drafting anybody? You think the Bucks are signing anybody without Tom Brady? He's been there for one fucking year. Without Tom Brady's consent, Aaron Rodgers has earned the seat at that table. The fact that they don't even consult him on some of these decisions, it's it's unacceptable, quite frankly. And they deserve everything that they're getting for this. Um, I I truly believe, you know, and so that's what he said when he came back. And and I, I heard what you said about he, what he said about Green Bay. He also said a lot of positive things about Green Bay. He said he loves the fans. He said he loves being here. He says he wants to be here. But the, he's just ba- making the point that the organization is making that hard. I mean, Tom Brady I, I, I think wasn't both even bad. I think both. I think I think there's not a winner in this situation. Um, you know, anyone who's done any sort of negotiation, you always try to get to a win-win. And this is worst possible scenario for both. I think it's a lose-lose. 
I don't know about that. I think that, you know, his contract's not completely up. After this year, Green Bay is going to be able to actually trade him. They'll have a full offseason to work on that. There's the draft coming up that they're able to be like, whereas this year he drops that bomb right before the draft. There's no time for them to really prepare and, and like get it out there and, and market it and do whatever they want. So they're still going to be able to get assets for the fact that uh, for Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean? Like this is not an end all be all. This, this is actually a good thing for Green Bay. You don't have him sitting out this year. You actually have a chance to win a Super Bowl and then you're going to be able to trade him at the end of the season. Yeah, but so let's I, I just look at what they've done for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Tom Brady was still had moving boxes in his house in Tampa and they traded for Gronkowski for him. Like yeah. I just that level of respect after one month compared to a guy who's like given his entire career to if, your shitty organization. If you allow Aaron Rodgers to come to the table and be this guy, I truly believe he can be the Tom Brady like that, that you need him to be. That's the thing though. It's they've never included him in this decision. It's not like this guy is not a well-respected dude within the players association. He's a total labor guy. He looks out for other players that are playing his same position and are playing the game that he's playing. And you're telling me this guy, if you made him like a de facto GM, like Tom Brady couldn't recruit on the level that Tom Brady has. I just don't think he's been motivated for years to do this in any way. Um, I truly, Aaron Rodgers could build a super team and I think he's about to, we're about to see exactly like you said, he's going to fucking throw for 70 touchdowns this year, piss on the fucking tarmac at green Bay, and then fly out to another city and win a super bowl this year. They'll lose in yeah. the NFC championship, probably to the bucks. And we're going to see so many repeats of history this year. But, um, this is a guy that he just wants to be the guy. And why don't they make him? He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. Why don't they make him the guy? Well, you know, you start talking about like recruiting. I can, I, I think I'd be very confident in saying that this whole thing is a big reason why the Devonte Adams contract talks have stalled. Uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if you see Devonte sign wherever Aaron Rodgers gets moved to next year, uh, even well, if it's so, at a discounted rate to stay with him, just to get out of Green Bay and be like, "Hey, you guys fucked up, and I really get to pay." So, so he was going to hold out, but he actually now that Rodgers is in, he's he's back. Um, they're still, you know, I don't know, trying to negotiate a contract with him. If I'm him, there's not a chance I'm signing with them until I see what happens with Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially, I mean, we talked about you know Devonte Adams. He said today he wants to be paid like he, you know, he's the best receiver in the league. He wants to be paid that way. Is he without Rodgers? I know we've had that conversation a lot. Um, if you're Devonte Adams, I wouldn't run the risk of exposing myself. I would just follow Aaron Rodgers wherever he goes. He's still a really good player without Rodgers, but you're right. He wants to earn his next big contract while he's playing for Rodgers. Because let's face right. it, he's he's significantly enhanced with Rodgers. Um, but as, then, anybody as, as any wide receiver, yeah, would be, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I said something in our group chat yesterday, and I think it's truly happening. But I think Aaron Rodgers is championing, championing a labor revolution within the NFL, which is that he truly owned the Green Bay organization. Like we're talking concessions galore. This guy is going to get everything he wanted and more. Um, it's the only reason he came back, and he he knew he held all the power, and he basically like swung his dick around and he got what he wanted. And I think we're about to see a lot more of this. We have, we have currently two rookie quarterbacks who are holding out. Uh, just yesterday, uh, Xavier Howard released this press release that I want to get to and talk about, but it is a rambling, uh, mess of a re- of a release from a player that's just expressing his frustration with this organization. Very much 
on par, though, with kind of like what Aaron Rodgers is saying, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, I, I see a lot of similarities there, and you can't tell me that the two aren't related. I have to feel that he was emboldened by Aaron Rodgers' success. And he may, in the end, get exactly what he wants. I mean, Brandon, Marcus, you probably want him to be in the Pittsburgh uniform next year. I know um, he's not happy with this contract, but, like, that contract was worth enough that he could have a PR person run that through. Like, it was <laughs> it was hard to read. It's a bad, bad press yeah. Yeah, well, so this kind of just goes back to what I, I've talked about a lot, and I know Derek disagrees with me all the time. Like, yeah, you've over, you know, you've had a good couple of years, but what, two years into a, a contract, he's still getting paid fifteen million a year. That's what his annual salary is. It's still good money. Like, what? What is he going to hold out and make all this cause for seventeen million a year? Well, well no, so, he said he's not going to hold out. He's but, but, but he's I mean, not just, hold out. he's not going to hold out, and he also he's not asking for more money. He just wanted more of that money to be converted into guaranteed money because he feels like he's underpaid. But he said, "Hey, I signed this deal. I just want more of it guaranteed." And the and the the Dolphins wouldn't meet him there. I think that's extremely reasonable ask. For the rambling mess his press release was, if all of that's yeah. true, I don't think he's out of line at all because the the, the reciprocal is true. If he underperformed that contract, they would have cut his ass. Dude, how much beef is there between him and Byron Jones, though? Byron Jones comes in, signed this massive free agent deal before last season, and he's yeah. not, obviously, he's not the best cornerback on the team. This year shows it. Xavier Howard's still the one who's marking the number one wide receiver across the field. Like, do you think and there's a beef between the two of them? All that. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm not yeah. the highest paid <laughs> corner on the team. I'm still the one getting the hardest assignments. <laughs> Made that like, very public. Here, here's the bus, and there's and there's Byron Jones under it. But he's right. I mean, Zayn, if you're if you're if you have a massive fantasy draft, you know, Madden style, every player in the league available right now, you know, what number quarter cornerback off the board is is Xavier Howard for you? Gotta be top five, probably. 100% he's top five. 100% he's top five. Uh, I mean, I'm still taking Jalen one. Uh, Stefan Gilmore is probably up there. Um, I, I'm uh, with Age. I, I, think, I think Gilmore's on the backside. I think he's on the downswing. I'd take Xavier Howard over Gilmore, 100%. Tredavious White's up there. Yeah, um, but he's definitely, I mean, we don't have to get down the specific number. He's top five. If you're a top five yeah. corner in the league and you're not, you're getting paid like a top, you know, 30 yeah I'd be, I'd be pissed too so the the biggest loser in this xavier <laughs> the biggest loser in this xavier howard uh, debacle is <laughs> xavier howard's agent <laughs> who clearly <laughs> didn't read this press release because not only did he throw byron jones out of the bus but he fucking throws his this is in 2018 i signed an extension that i'll admit i didn't completely understand <clears throat> or feel comfortable with like his agent's like oh fuck <laughs> That's literally my job, isn't it? Shit. When I, that, when that I, is his job. When I read that and I saw how long that was, I was expecting the next sentence to be, I haven't, I've fired my agent yeah. or like I have new representation or something like that. I didn't, like, yeah, I definitely threw him under the bus. Yep. It's funny. And then he says, my agent, David Cantor, and I have never once asked for a completely new contract. Another thing you never asked David Cantor is, what does this contract mean and should I sign it? Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't know how you. He, in that he, position. he failed to do his job previously, and he's failing to do his job presently. Um, failing across the board. And he doesn't make sure he's a PR guy to run this through. Like what? Like wh- who's helping this guy? So, uh, did did you guys ever? Um, I I used to have English classes at, at FSU, and they there was a requirement for you submit an essay that you had to go to one of these like tutors, and they could they weren't allowed to. Co- 
cult, like coach you on your content. They were only allowed to content or coach you on your structure. So I, I could see a lot of times, like I'd write this like edgy, like weird essay. And the guy would kind of be like, uh, I should probably say something like, you probably shouldn't say that, but he'd be like, I think you should probably like move that word over here. And I imagine that's what Xavier Howard did. The guy's kind of like, Oh man, this I, is a bad I, press release, but I'll make I it grammatically correct for you. I guess at a comma here, like, <laughs> um, but what do you guys think about the ask one only they, apparently they only want one first rounder for him. I mean, how, how's that deal not done? That's cheap. Yeah. <clears throat> Send it. Send it. If I mean, the Vikings could afford him, they would have done it yesterday. I mean, yeah, I mean, where, I, honestly, I where's New England it. in this? Where's New England in this? Do a little quarterback swap. Send our, our disgruntled guy down. When's the last time Bill gave up a first rounder though, in a trade for someone? It's um, just a straight up. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I, I can't fathom. Usually he's given up like a seventh round pick for an all pro, not a first yeah. rounder. Yeah. Usually uh, he's getting Albert Hainsworth for a seventh or something. I like mean, that. he did give up a second round pick for Mohamed Sanu. So. Yeah, but it's still not first round value, but um, here's to hoping that history repeats itself and Miami gives up an all pro to Pittsburgh for a first rounder. I'll be a happy, happy little girl. <laughs> happy little for baby sure. girl. <laughs> Yeah, they're currently at eleven million. So if they just need to restructure a few contracts, yep. it's the TJ contract. They just need to redo the TJ contract, and there you go. And then you get to save your house. I well, mean, so there's, a, there's a lot of teams that could use him. I mean, the Vikings. How about the Vikings? If they add him, that would be a, a you know, well, let's him you and Patrick Peterson. Him. Let's be very clear. There's 32 teams that could use Xavier Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, there is. <laughs> the Vikings can't afford him, or we'd already have him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. First rounder is nothing. Uh, so Chandler Jones wants to be traded too. I've already seen some people like, hey, let's just swap. It's like, uh, I don't think that's going to work. They're, that's not an equitable uh, transaction there. No, Xavier Howard's much better than Chandler Jones at this point in his career. I think it's funny. You see uh, Chandler Jones wants out like two days after J.J. Watt posts about how excited he is to play at Chandler Jones. See, I, I don't know much about why he wants out. And honestly, him him being healthy um, – yeah, next to potentially healthy JJ Watt, that, that's a big, it's a big factor into kind of where I'm ranking the Cardinals at right now going into the season. So I definitely want to see how this plays out. It can't be money. Like it, I think I he think wants he, a new contract. He is wants it, a new an extension. He okay, he wants an extension. So, um, which they haven't given him. So they're so, they're letting him play it out and. That's, so, that's what he's disgruntled about. Let me just shut this down. Uh, if, if you want to listen more to our Chandler Jones takes, uh, tune into our NFC West uh, podcast, which we are also going to be doing. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Chandler Jones and the mess that is the Arizona Cardinals organization right now. Um, but yeah, so th- there's a lot of lot of things. You know, two, two rookies have still not signed their contracts. Uh, Newman, do you want to take us into, into why that is? So actually, uh, Trey Lance did sign just a little bit ago, but him and Zach Wilson were both holding out. So one, they've already gotten the teams to agree to give them a fully guaranteed contract, which is not, you don't, that's not been policy. Typically, first rounders sign for mostly guaranteed contracts, but there's still bonuses and stuff that they have to hit, et cetera. Um, But these two players had already arranged and, and negotiated to have fully guaranteed contracts. Um, and so now, they both know they're going to suck and not get uh, big contracts yeah, after. I mean, if, well, if, so, if so, you were so picking now, the five quarterbacks, like which one's going to hold out for more? Trey like, Lance. Trey Lance. It, 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 it was not, Zach Wilson the whole time. It's not that they're holding out for more money. It's that they're so so now. What what the the actual issue that's causing them to hold out is Zach Wilson wants no offset language. 
uh, in the contract, which offset language means if they were to cut him uh, and he goes and plays for another player, then anything that he signed for, the team that he, you know, was already playing for would not have to pay him, essentially. So instead of that, he's like, nah, if you cut me, then fuck you, give me the money, and I'm going somewhere else to play, and they'll pay me too. Um, which, you know, and the statement that they're, that they're using is, listen, you're inherently taking on the risk by drafting us in the first round. I don't have a choice in where I go, so you're going to pay me that money regardless. And it's a good policy, and I think it's a good step forward for, for NFL players and the PA. Well, and also with Zach Wilson, you got to you got to remember, like he's looking out for himself because in high school, this is really sad. I don't know if you ever heard this about Zach Wilson, but he his mom bought him a BMW X3 and he had his heart set on and he told all of his friends that he was actually going to be driving to school in a BMW X4. And so he said when he went to BY, he was like, Mama, I'm going to make enough money one day. I'm going to drive a BMW X4 and beyond. However many numbers the X's go up on the BMW, I will buy it. And it's one of the most inspiring stories I've heard in sports in quite some time. It's really a lot of adversity for that guy. Yeah. Um, Pray pray for Zach. He's, he's had it. He started at the middle top and now he's here. So, so so sticking with other quarterbacks that have stuff going on. uh, Did you guys see that the Texans finally came out and said that they are willing to trade Deshaun Watson Huge. And their ask is their ask is they want five draft picks, including three first rounders. Yep. That's the insane part. Like the <laughs> the fact that they're willing to trade him. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that was I thought this would have came out earlier. Five draft picks. Like, are they f- drunk? It's, it's it's either it's a it's a c- accumulation of five draft picks or like start potential starter quality guys. Uh and honestly, if you, if you kind of break this down, we, ha- we have to assume that at this point it's gearing towards uh, Deshaun Watson probably getting like a four to six game suspension the way it's, it's um, you know, unraveling. But this is this is going to be the, the post NFL punishment uh, bid because no one's making any offers until they know what's going on. So no matter what, this is after he gets his, you know, t- slap on the wrists and then that's that's what the price is going to be. It's not going to go down from there just because he got, you know, some cleared in different things. Yeah, I just – the asking price is insane. I mean, I'll, I'll – if, if it's me, I'd rather package those and move up in the first round or take three stabs at a quarterback in the first round than give up all those assets. Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense from a capital standpoint. Yeah. yeah, the only one that wins here, even though I said Green Bay loses, is like now Aaron Rodgers has a price next offseason, right? Like, hey, if Deshaun Watson's getting five five picks, then we can and, charge five picks. And the downside so, on it is like yeah. usually when you're if you're going to give it that kind of those picks and, and move up, you know, let's usually you see that that kind of blockbuster thing happen to move up in the draft. But what you gain in the draft is a guy on a manageable contract, and you have control for five years. You have no control over Deshaun Watson, and he's already making a ton of money. Yeah, um, he, he does have a pretty good contract coming towards him, um, but Rodgers does not. So if you do trade three first-rounders for Rodgers uh, after you know next season, you're going to have to pony up again. Do you think he's not going to try to set the market? Like, Yeah. So, so in, in situations um, like when these players are requesting, you know, and we'll just use Deshaun um, as an example here. So obviously he just signed a long, big old contract. And like, does anyone else think that like that guaranteed money or like the south the dead money it shouldn't have to? It, uh, does anyone feel like the Texans should have to eat all of that dead money or just go on to like the new team salary at least for 
over half of the the remaining contract. So if there's what four years left, uh, I'm not sure what his what his deal is. Well, does, that, does anyone think that the the Texans should have to eat all that dead money for the next four years because this player wants out? Well, so it accelerates to the first year the the dead cap. Um, it's not paid out over the, the course of the, the multiple seasons. Um, but it's all dead cap is basically just the bonus money. All of whatever was already guaranteed is not dead cap. Um, it's just the bonus money. So, uh, you know, when you sign, you sign to a signing bonus, et cetera, blah, 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 that gets moved across the, uh, across the, the lifetime of the contract is, and it gets divided out. So that's what actually happens in regards to that. But for the dead cap money, they just accelerate that forward, uh, to that one year instead of spreading it out. Marcus is right, though. I mean, this isn't going to happen for, I mean, probably weeks, if not months, until until anything really happens here. So, yeah, there's, yeah. there's still so much to play out in this situation. Yeah, hopefully not until, like, right after Labor Day weekend. Damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. All right, guys. Um, I think we should go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, so, in, in, any other closing thoughts on the NFL there? No, I think that's uh, minus. You know, bring this it's so exciting forward. to see teams showing up, right? Like this is this, this this football's here, right? The Steelers have been in camp for like half a week already. Like everyone's showing up. Like football is finally here. We just scratch and clawed, you know, the the June and July, which was more an eventful June and July than normal, but still, like football is here. All right, fellas. Well, uh, from all of us here at the Sports Memory Podcast, uh, this was Kingsbury, Cock, Newman, Marcus, Derek, and Brandon. <laughs> Checking out. Have a great night. <laughs> Bye.